going to speak about the presence of God. And you know, we, we have been looking for the mission statement, and uh, really, one of the absolutely fundamental things for a mission statement is how much we, we, we love the presence of God and how, how important is the presence of God in this all aspect of having heaven invading her. Okay? So that's what I'm going to look at it. And uh, we already uh, have this declaration that so we host the presence of God wherever uh, we go. And we have this mission statement who says, we are transformed by the presence of God, His love and His power. So we want to bring that outside of church, daily in our daily lives. So that's the sort of thing we, we believe. But I just realized as I was pre- uh, preparing this, some of you might think, but what do we mean by the presence of God? You know, once actually somebody asked me, what, what, what do you mean by the presence of God? So I want to kind of like dig a little bit deeper and say, what do I, I believe that means, you know? And why is it so important for us? So, let me start by a question. Do you know who this man is? Yes. Yes? yes. Who knows? Yeah. Almost, I would say almost everybody recognized Winston Churchill. Yes, even me, and I'm French. <laughs> so you can you can see Winston Churchill. That what I would say here is you probably know a lot about him. Yes, you will probably know what he has done, some kind of historical fact. But probably no one in this room really knew. I was as a man. Would you agree? We didn't know who he was as a man. And I want to use an illustration to really show you the importance of the presence of God. Say I'm going to a party and I'm there on my own. And so somebody starts to speak to me, hi, how are you? Very well. And we find out that I'm married and I say, yes, I'm married to this guy called Jamie. And I say, oh, okay, well, tell me about your husband. I said, I might just describe a little bit, Jamie. And then I say, oh, funny you're asking about him because I just wrote a book called The Wonderful Life of Jamie Lee. <laughs> Would you like to read about it? And uh, this person said, yes, because really what you told me, I really want to know a little bit more. So I give him the book. And the introductory chapter would probably go about the fact that Jimmy was born in Ipswich and, you know, the name of mom and dad and how life was as a child. And, you know, the, 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 the first chapter would be probably about how an amazing husband uh, Jamie is and a good father to his children uh, is. And then the, the, the following chapter might just tell about uh, the fact that uh, Jamie is absolutely... Um, absolutely loves media and visual uh, things and he really enjoys movie and it would be about his hobbies and then there might be a chapter about sport and uh, there would be probably as well a chapter on DIY but this one we can skip but this person will find out so much about Jimmy yes but actually and we're still not knowing really. I would have to say, I'll oh, come around, have dinner with us, and meet him to really know him. Then they will find out, uh, you know, the sound of his voice. They will find out his facial expressions. Yes. They would uh, find out more intimate thing about him. 
they, they might even uh, discover a common point with him and say, oh, I'd love to do that. And Jimmy would say, oh, me too. Shall we then do that together? Let's go and play tennis together. <laughs> so only when they will meet him, they would actually develop a relationship with him and might start to share a history with him. Do, do, do you understand what I mean? Yes? So, it's the same for God. It's the same for God. It's only when we actually meet him face to face that we discover who God is really. Okay? And it's only when we meet him face to face that we start to develop a relationship with him. We learn about the sound of his voice. We learn about the tone he uses when he speaks to us. We learn about how much he loves us personally. But we start to share his story with him. We know how he responds when we come to him. There's a lot of personal things that would actually be revealed to you only because you are in his presence. Okay? Actually, I would say as well that there's some facets of him you will discover because the way he created you. Because he will speak to you in a unique way. So it's just very important to be aware of that. Okay? He will become your friend. He will become your friend. He will journey with you. Okay? So the presence of God is not just some kind of warm and fuzzy feeling we can get in the worship. Okay? The presence of God is not just that. It's not something you feel. It's much more than that. It's actually God himself. It's the Holy Spirit. It's the Holy Spirit. Being here. Present. In us. With us. It's a lot more than a feeling. Although, don't get me wrong, I love the feeling. Because he's so lovely. I love the feeling. Okay? But it's much more than that. So, we get to know God by having a relationship with Him and by spending time with Him. That's the only way we get to know Him. Too often, Christians stop at what they have heard about God and, dare I say, by just reading their Bible. And if the Bible is wonderful. But you read the Bible to meet a person. You read the Bible, the Bible, and you ask Holy Spirit to help you understand and encounter the person. So it's always about the relationship with Him. Right through the beginning in Genesis, God had an original plan, and it was to be very close to humanity. First of all, he gives life to Adam by breathing through his nostril. How close can that be? Do you think he was there? No, he was right in his face, breathing life to him. Yes? And then in the garden, it's, it's written um, in Genesis that uh, God was able to walk with them in the cool of the evening. So God had a sound, God had a presence. He was close. They, could, they knew, they knew, and they had learned to recognize who God was. Yes? Then obviously, you know, uh, the, the garden, obviously we, we were out of the garden and humanity obviously has fallen, fallen. But it was still in the plan 
of God to reconcile him with him for Jesus. So Jesus made the way, made the way so we reconnect to the Father. Again, the reconnection, the relationship to the Father. When Jesus goes back, what does he say? What does he say? He will, I, I will not leave you as often. John 14. I will not leave you as often. So again, okay, I might go back to the Father, but you will not be alone. I leave the Holy Spirit. I leave my presence. I'm here. I'm 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 still here. So, God wants to reveal himself to you. He wants to reveal himself to us. So it should be so easy to be in his presence. It's quite exciting, no? Mm. Mm. So, I want to look a little bit at the person of the Holy Spirit this morning. Okay? And uh, because I think... Would you agree that it's the person of uh, the Trinity maybe who is the most misunderstood? Yes. Or we feel that we don't know as much? Yeah? yeah? And I think we need to change that. <laughs> it should be as important to speak about Father and Jesus and the Holy Spirit. So, and we need, we're going to see we need the Holy Spirit. So let's, let's look at that a little bit. And really, I warn you, this is not a Bible study on the Holy Spirit. Because there's a lot more that we could say. I'm not even going to talk about the gift of the Holy Spirit. Uh, I'm not going to talk about the fruit of the Holy Spirit. I'm not going to talk much about the power of the Holy Spirit. But all of that could be other things we could talk about. But first of all, it's really important to understand that the Holy Spirit is God. It is God. How important is God? Okay? He is God. Right from Genesis, the Spirit of God is moving on the surface of the water to create everything. The Spirit of God. The Holy Spirit. Yes, He is God. And I want to understand Him better. I don't know you, but I want to know Him better. Because Jesus said, Jesus said, well, I'm going, but I'm leaving you the, the Holy Spirit. So I, I want to understand God, and I want, so I want to understand the Holy Spirit. And I want to know Him personally. So if you have a Bible, you can turn to John 14, because I'm going to look at the verses in John 14, because I think, for me, it's a key passage, not only to understand who is the Holy Spirit and why He's so important, but as well to understand why we think it's absolutely vital to look at the presence of God in order to bring heaven to earth. Okay, so I'm going to look at John 14, okay, and at key verses in there. I will skip some, but you can read those at home, yeah? What is interesting in John 14 is that uh, there's, a, there's a couple of things you, you, you can see. First of all, it starts with what I call a bottom line, okay? The bottom line um, in our faith is actually Jesus is the only way to the Father. Would you agree? It's actually the sacrifice of Jesus. He paid for everything. His blood saves us. Uh, in his stripes we are healed, etc. So the bottom line is the only way to get saved is by Jesus. And it says clearly in verse 6 I am the way and the truth and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through me. Hmm. That's the bottom line. Okay? Then Jesus, who speaks in this, uh, in this, this word, um, brings a promise. 
Okay? And from verse 12 he says, Very truly, I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works I have been doing, and they will do even greater things than this, because I am going to the Father. And I will do whatever you ask in my name, so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. So you may ask me for anything in my name, and I will do it. Oh, gosh. I mean, I remember the first time I read that, and I realized what it meant. Because I read it many times before, and I didn't realize what it meant. But the first time I really realized what it meant, I went, Oh, what? That promise that we could do as believers, we could do greater things than Jesus did. And then, the other promise that actually when we will ask something in his name, he will do it. Huge promises. Yes? Would you agree? Amazing stuff. Amazing stuff. What is interesting though, is it, so it looks like when you read it, okay, so what is the key there? Uh, I'll read the, the verse very intuitively and say, okay, so my key here is I believe. Yeah? If the one who believes, that's, that's one of the key. But actually, what I find as well in this passage is very clear there's another key. And the key comes into the comment a little bit after. Because it says, you know, if you love me, keep my comments. And then it goes on later on, it expands on that, and it says, whoever has my comments and keeps them is the one who loves me. And the one who loves me will be loved by my father. And I too will love them and show myself to them. I show myself to them. So it seems to me there's a key as well, which is about relationship. Now, if you read this verse, so stay with me for a second. If you read this verse wrongly, you will think God's love is conditional. Because you will, uh, your brain will say, oh, the one who loves me will be loved by my father. Oh, it doesn't mean that uh, if I don't love Jesus, the father doesn't love me. But it can't mean that. It can't. Because we know that in the scripture it says that he first loved us. So it's not that we love him and then he will love us back. You, you, you agree? And Jesus wouldn't contradict himself, would he? So... It can't mean that. So I still believe, and I completely believe, that the love of God is unconditional. Amen. Yes? Completely unconditional. Whatever you do, He loves you. Mm. But what He's doing here is describing a relationship of love. Okay? So, would you agree that if you love someone, you demonstrate your love? Amen. Yes? Because honestly, if Jamie says he loves me and, and he completely ignores me, doesn't say he loves me, doesn't take the beans out sometimes, <laughs> doesn't help, I would start to think, I'm sorry, but really you love is a bit weird. Mm. Because, you know, you don't show much love. Mm. Yes? My gift language is act of service, right? So taking the beans out is super important for me. You know? And, you know, the little thing he does for me, I say, oh, he loves me. He's done that for me. Oh, it's so lovely. Yeah? So, you love. Love is always 
accompanied of a demonstration, an evidence that you love. That's what it is about here. If you love me, keep my command. That's what pleased my heart. So God is saying, well, if you love me, you know, keep my command because that's good for you anyway. That's, that's the best for you. So he's not talking about, you have to, because otherwise I won't love you. No, he's not saying that's if you love. Keep my command. Remember in the Old Testament it, it says that uh, there's a prophetic word about uh, the new era, the new covenant, who says, I will write my comments into their heart. Yes? So that's why you're talking about it's like loving. Loving is something about when we love Him so much, the Holy Spirit comes and writes His rules and His command on our heart. Yes? There's something that is happening there. And that's what He's talking And He's talking about the relationship. Oh, you love me. Well, my father is going to be so free you love me. So, he, of course, he would demonstrate us when he's loved back. Yes? And, and I, I too will love you and show myself to, to you. So, I think I show myself, you see, that demonstration of love. So, those verses is about the intimacy of the relationship. Yeah? So, when we say, oh, whatever you ask in my, ma- in my name, I will give to you. Well, I think it makes sense in this intimate relationship because it's like, oh, you know God, you love Him, you do what He pleases Him. So of course He wants to shower His blessing and His favor, and He trusts you. So when you ask something in His name, you could say, yeah, have it because I can trust you. Yeah. So there is that relationship depicted now. So that's really the important stuff. But now, we're not meant to stop here and say, okay, so, right, great, correct message, but how do I love more, and how do I know more, and how do I really know what pleases God, and what is the teaching, and what is the most important, and you could have all these questions. You're supposed to read the next bit in the chapter, which is the how. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to help you, and be with you forever. The spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it never sees him nor knows him. But you know him, for he lives with you and he will be in you. And I will not leave you as often. He will come to you and all this I have spoken while still with you. But the advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things. And we remind you everything I have said to you. Whoa, how important is that? No? So we're not meant to even do that on our own. We're meant to have the God Himself helping us through the Holy Spirit. God, the Holy Spirit, here in us, working it out with us. God with us, working it out with us. Yeah? So, can you see the things that the Holy Spirit does? He's the Spirit of truth. He lives in us. He lives with us. He's supposed to help us. And He wants to. He teaches us all things. He reminds us of everything that Jesus has said. Well, I think the sum up of that is we pretty much need Him for everything. 
Everything. We need him for everything. For everything. Oh. Even to understand your Bible, you need it. You really do. If you read your Bible and you don't have Holy Spirit, you, you will have only a very limited understanding of the Bible. You will have some, but a limited one. You will have a limited revelation. You will read a truth and it won't seek to your heart. You need the Holy Spirit to put that truth deep in your heart. It's like if you read in the Bible, God loves me. But if you don't have the Holy Spirit, say, yeah, that's great. But if you seek down to your heart like we've been singing in this morning, you will go, why he loves me? That's amazing. You cannot not be touched by that. There's a difference there. The spirit of truth will reveal it to you. So you will get a limited understanding. And as well, I think you will get a wrong understanding of the Bible. A completely wrong understanding of the Bible if you don't read it with the Holy Spirit. Because what you won't have is the tone of His voice, the tone of God's voice. So when you read the scripture, you're not used to have the Holy Spirit, you're not used of it, but you're not used um, of His presence, you will have the wrong tone. So, uh, and that's why when I read it four years, if you love me, keep my comments. And you better keep my teaching. <coughs> and as well, you know, whoever has my comment and keeps it, that's the one who loves me. I read that for years. Well, you better do A, B, C, be like a good girl, because if you don't do that, well, that means you don't really care about God. And if you don't care about God, it certainly won't care about you. That's having a wrong tone of voice for God. Amen. That means I read my Bible, uh, well, um, apparently quite correctly, but actually was totally wrong because I didn't have a tone of voice in spirit, you know, could reveal to my heart how God speaks. When I started to know Him, when I started to know God, when I started to walk with Holy Spirit, okay, I realized that His voice was not like that. His voice was more, you know, that's best for you. You know, if you love me, do this. You know, His voice was gentle. So, it, it's a lot easier to read that passage and understand that, oh, He loves me, whatever, but I please His heart. And because I love him, I want to please his heart. I want to please his heart. So I do follow his teaching and his commandment. And when I can't follow his teaching because I'm still kind of a human person, in the area in my life, I, I, I seem to really struggle to follow his teaching. What do I do? Holy Spirit, help! Mm. That's what I do, because he's supposed to help me. So therefore, I go on to the how. I say, well, I'm supposed to say, for example, I've got a pass. Well, and I can't seem to get rid of that temper. I say, Holy Spirit, help! You're the one who's supposed to change my heart. And show me what is the root of that. What is the root of that temper? You're not supposed to do it on your own. God himself, God himself is there to help you. Okay? So we need him. We need him even to understand the Bible. We need him, we need him, sorry, in doing the greater things. Because 
You know, it's all good to say we're going to do righteous things of Jesus and we're going to bring heaven to earth and etc. We need the Holy Spirit. Jamie uh, often quotes this story about John Wimber. You know, John Wimber hearing uh, God saying, well, since you cannot do anything, you know, how much help do you need? <laughs> yeah. You can't do anything. You can't do nothing. So how much, how much help do you need? And I think, you see, when you are convinced, when you are convinced that you can't do things, that's why you turn to the Holy Spirit. And it's a really good position to be in. It's a good position to be in. Okay? Uh, if you pray for someone uh, for healing, well, you know you can't do it. Who do you need? Holy Spirit. If you preach the gospel, well, the words are great and powerful, but only the Holy Spirit will do the work of convincing this person. You need the Holy Spirit for salvation. You need the Holy Spirit for everything. Okay? So we need Him. We need Him for ourselves to be uh, growing into um, our identities, to realizing uh, what sort of authority we have. We need it in, in us and we need it with us all the time. And another thing as well is with the Holy Spirit, you know, He wants to actually do more than we can think and more than we can imagine. So that's the amazing thing. And uh, I put the verses there in 1 Corinthians uh, 2 verse 9. It's a little bit small, I'm sorry. But um, this is what it says, and you know the passage, but it's an amazing passage. Uh, what no eye has seen, no ear has heard, no heart of man has even imagined it. What God has prepared for those who loved him. For those, sorry, who love him. This thing God has revealed to us through the Spirit. For the Spirit searches everything, even the depth of God. For who knows a person's thoughts except the Spirit of that person, which is easy in him. So also, no one comprehends the thoughts of God excepting the Spirit of God. So now we have received not the Spirit of the Word, but the Spirit who is from God. That we might understand the things freely given us by God. So, what better way to know God than having God Himself showing Himself? That's what it, that's what it says. You cannot know what I'm completely thinking inside. Only my spirit knows what I'm thinking right now. Yes, you cannot know God fully. If you're not in the presence of the Holy Spirit, because He's the one who will reveal the depth and the thought of God. Yes? And notice this lovely, beautiful sentence He said again here um, What God has prepared for those who love Him. Again, the relationship. Again, do you love Him? Do you love Him? When we love someone, we want to spend some time with them. No? Is it just me? <laughs> yeah. If we love someone, we want to spend time with them. So, that this intimacy in the relationship with God, 
So this is what I want to conclude um, by saying. Where we love the presence of God, we love hanging with Holy Spirit. And that's what we do. That's what we do. And I think when we are with Him, hope and joy comes. Hope and joy comes. Hope and joy. And all the other fruits of the Holy Spirit. And I think that's why we love worship. Because in worship, we connect. We connect with God. We might not realize, but that's, that's the presence of the Holy Spirit. We connect. Holy Spirit just, you know, stirs and connects to the Father again. And we realize that. And another thing as well is, I think, when we hang with the Holy Spirit, it's impossible to not be transformed. It's impossible to not be changed when with the Holy Spirit. Would you agree with that? Mm-hmm. It's impossible. Because he would, he would talk to you, he would show you things. He would take a, a truth and it would help you to have a fresh revelation. So it, it, it's, a, it's a relationship. It's a relationship. And finally, I would say as well that, you know, our faith, it's not based on man's wisdom, but on God's power, ultimately. It really is based on God's power. It's a lot more than just living a good life and good behavior. Because that, that's, you could argue that's man's wisdom. You know, uh, don't kill, don't steal, don't, that, you know, that's in, even in the law of the country. So if you're looking for a relationship with God who is just that, that that's what Paul would say, that, that's man's wisdom. That's good behavior. And moral behavior. Moral behavior is not knowing God. Amen. It is not knowing God. Okay? When we know God, we know everything is by God's power. It's by God's power. Okay? And what I would like as well to say is um, the Holy Spirit is lovely and you know to be afraid of Him. And often, often this is the case because it's a little bit more mysterious. We, we understand why He's a Father. We understand Jesus the Son. And because the Holy Spirit feels a little bit like, okay, what is the Holy Spirit? We, we feel a bit afraid of Him, yeah? But you not to be afraid, afraid of it because he's lovely. He's lovely. And he will not do something, or he will not reveal something to you that contradicts the scripture. Ever. Ever. If the Holy Spirit says something to you that is not in the Bible, that's not the Holy Spirit. Okay? Or he must say it in a quirky way. He must say it in a different way. He doesn't have to spill out verse to you, yes? He, might, he will use, most probably, your, your own language, yes? But it will, it will line up with the teaching of Jesus. Mm. It will be, it, it will be, it will be okay. Okay. So what I would like us to do uh, to finish this is, if it's okay with you, I, I will never compose anybody, but I would like you to stand, and we're going to read a, a prayer or a declaration. And what I would like is, I'll do it for myself. I would like us to actually almost like. Acknowledge the Holy Spirit more, and through this uh, this prayer, to kind of repent of ignoring the Holy Spirit. Okay, so everybody, if you could stand, but if you don't feel comfortable doing it, you are free, my friend. You are completely free. So if you don't want to stay, that's fine. Okay, but I would like to lead you in that 
Because we want the Holy Spirit more. Do you? Yes. Yes. We want the presence of God. Okay? And I think, uh, you know, it's like the recovery step. The first thing is to acknowledge. It's, it's to acknowledge that sometimes we've ignored him. We've not recognized him for who he is. For this amazing teacher he is. You know, this amazing friend, this helper that God has sent. So we're going to read that together and then I will, I will pray over you. Okay, let's go. Holy Spirit, I am sorry that I have diminished your role in my relationship. I repeat, let's pause in the between because I want you to realize the words. Yes? I'm sorry about that, God. I repent of ignoring you, of undermining your role, or not listening to you. And then you could say whatever you want in your own words. If you have something specific to repent about that, just tell you. If you want to say it in a different way, that's great. It's your relationship. Spirit. We love you. Ah, thank you that you help me to love Jesus and the Father better by teaching me and guiding me in all truth. Yeah. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you. You're always ready to help. You're always ready to help. You never left. You were, you were always there by my side. In me. With me. In me and with me. Reveal yourself to me. I want to know you better. I want to understand how you work in me and through me. I want to recognize your voice and your ways in my everyday life. We ask for that Holy Spirit. Just come right now, Lord. Reveal yourself. Reveal yourself. Reveal yourself. Whoa. Fill me up continuously with your joy and your presence. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, just pray right now for peace in hearts. We say there's no fear in love. There's no fear in love. We declare that. There's no fear in love. Just pray for a great encounter with the presence of God, with the Holy Spirit. Whoa, just pray, Holy Spirit, reveal yourself to everyone in the room. That we will learn how lovely is your voice, how fun it is to be with you, how great it is to start partnering with you, how great it is to rely on you to get greater truth. How we say, welcome Holy Spirit, welcome. I pray that, even for myself, I pray that you will you will show us what are the barriers, what are the barriers, what are the obstacles 
so we would actually get to know you better, to trust you without fear. We ask for greater experience in your presence, Lord. Ha! Huh. In every day, everyday situation in our lives, Lord, we, we ask you to come more and more, more and more, and reveal yourself that we would be more and more aware of your presence. More aware of your presence. That you are continuously with us and you are continuously in us. And that we are actually from the invisible kingdom. <laughs> we are not just made flesh and blood. We, we, we have a spirit. So we declare that in the name of Jesus. Amen.